This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. A few years ago, I had a client that contacted us at PeopleCentric and said, hey, I was going through my bookshelf here in my office, and I found our five-year strategic plan that we did seven years ago. And I was thinking to myself, we should probably do that again, because it was a nice process to have. Can we meet and discuss? And it's not an uncommon call for us to get. We get calls about strategic plans that were done X number of years ago, usually strategic plans that were designed to handle a certain amount of time, and it's gone longer than that amount of time, and they want it to be renewed. So I met with him. We sat down and he plops this big five inch binder down in front of me, boom, right on the table and says, here it is. Here's our strategic plan that we had last time. He says, can you guys replicate this for me? And I looked at it and I started flipping through it. And I said, no, no, we're not going to replicate this for you. This is, this is a lot of information that's on here. And I said, and he kind of looked surprised for a second. He said, Hey, um, you know, why not? Why can't you, why can't you do this? This is going to be a lot of great work for you guys and us. And I said, let me ask you a question. How did this go? How did this plan work? And he picks it up. He goes, well, let's see. It's been a while since I've looked at it. And he starts flipping through it. And he goes, yeah, I forgot we talked about that. And he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot that. We started to do something about that, but then we never finished it. And flips to another page. And he goes, oh, I completely forgot about that part of it. And I said, how long has this been sitting untouched on your bookshelf in your office? And he said, honestly, probably seven years, probably since we created it. Put it out on the put it out on the shelf, and we probably never did anything with it. But it feels like a process that we should do because we got a lot of good information from it. But you know, now that you're talking about it, we didn't really get a lot from our strategic plan. <clears throat> Fortunately, that's something that we see a lot in organizations that we work with. Is strategic planning is a process that everybody knows you should do it. You should do it as an organization. But how do you do it in a way that makes it work? So today, we thought our team would share some tips for doing strategic planning that actually works so that you can create something that's not five inches thick. Don't create the five inches thick. Maybe if you created, I had to ask, and I asked him this, I said, what if instead of creating this huge five inch thick document, what if we created a three page document, but you executed it? And he said, yes, let's do that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So today we are joined by our very own Bethany Taft and Diana Royalty and our host, Matt Griswold to talk about strategery. Strategery. Thanks, Don. Hey, team. This is one of those uh, topics that maybe it's more, I guess, on task with, yes, it is one of the services that we offer, but it's also something that's on people's minds right now. Uh, this is towards the end of the year. People start doing the strategic planning stuff from October, you know, all the way through, honestly, they'll go, you know, through through spring, depending on the type of organization that that uh, you are. So this might be something that is weighing heavy on your mind right now, some strategic planning. I like how Don kind of positioned it there saying it's something that everybody knows we're supposed to do. Like if I own a business or I'm a leader of a company, I know I'm supposed to do strategic planning, but I would also say that it's one of those things that, that people are kind of in the dark about. If I just put strategic planning up on the wall and I had an opportunity to speak to a big group in Denver last week and I said let's talk about strategic planning just for a second and I said how raise a hand how many of you just love using strategic planning get into a room for hours on end and come away with some object uh, some objectives you know and then there's a couple of people sheepishly ra- you know raising their hands in the back of the room like I really do kind of dig that but for the most part Don you're in that group aren't you I love strategic planning to me <laughs> 
Give me a, give me 10 markers, a big old whiteboard and a bunch of ideas and let's go to town. Let's yeah. go to town. Yeah. And see, so, so, but a lot of people have a negative perception, right? There's this negative connotation that also follows strategic planning because one, it, you know, some of the negatives and you guys can echo this or add to it if you'd like to, but some of the negatives that I hear is that it, it's cumbersome takes a long time. It's kind of like a wet blanket that goes on the administration team or the executive team that now it's, you know, I have to accomplish the strategic plan instead of doing the actual day-to-day -day work. You know, this thing bogs me down. It's heavy. Maybe it feels like it's, it's negative because it feels like I'm the only one that's accomplishing any of these things. I think it was Diana one time that said, every time that you guys say we should do this, I just know that my name goes by that. I think that was a few years ago, Diana had talked about, had talked correct. about that. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. I yeah, don't see what so the problem is here. That's why it's <laughs> fine is we just, we come up with ideas and then Diana runs with them. That's great. Right. Do, do that. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of had, you know, one of those things that has a negative connotation. I, I think, I think people centric, we have done a good job of being able to outline this in a digestible format that seems to really, it's its maybe simpler than the processes that you have been through before, but it's much more impactful, I would say, than the processes that you all have also been through before. So what we wanted to do was just, you know, take some time to walk through maybe our process of how we do strategic planning and why we do strategic planning the way that we approach it. And so, I had Matt too, as we go through yeah. this, if you're an employee listening to this, some of you may go like, okay, I'm going to skip this episode because I'm not on the executive team. I'm not the one that's going to be running the strategic planning process. But a couple of things is one, I think it's good as an employee to know what a good strategic planning process looks like because a good strategic planning process should involve you as the employee. So you should know what your role is in that process as well. But also I do, and this is crazy enough, crazy, but I think that some people should do strategic planning at home. You should do strategic planning for your career. You should do strategic planning for your life. I mean, so I think there's the process that we apply, we're going to apply today talking about businesses can apply on a bigger scale too for yourself. So just, just wanted to give you that pitch to stay tuned. Check this out. All right. So let me fast forward just a little bit. The end result of what we are driving towards, our motivation of when we are going to do strategic planning, our end result, our end goal is walking away with three to five tangible objectives for your organization to be able to realistically shoot for. And we're not really looking at 10 years down the road, five years down the road, like within the next year. What are three to five things that we really want to focus on? Now, you might automatically be going, well, that's not near enough. We're going to be done with that by next week. You know, well, what we're, what we're also saying is within those three to five objectives, there's going to be a series of steps that you will then engage the workforce with, your company with, to be able to help accomplish these little steps along the way, leading you toward the overall um, objectives that you have set out, the, the objectives that the organization has set out. Don talked about if I'm an employee, man, don't, don't tune out just yet. In fact, I think for a lot of employees, they would love this clarity. Where are we going? Where do I fit into where we're going? Uh, what is it that I do on a day-to-day -day basis that helps the organization achieve those things? And if you're a business owner or, or a department head or manager or an executive, that's probably music to your ears. Going, wait a second, I don't have to do all of this on my own. Are you sure there's people that work for me that have that motivation that want to help me accomplish it? Because I think that's a hard sell for a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of business leaders. But the reality is they're there. We just don't give them enough information to be able to help make smart decisions to help you achieve those strategic objectives. Don? Yeah, I think a lot of people get hung up too on the idea of saying, I'm looking at like, I'm really looking for three to five more things to do. I already know, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing every day. Like we're busy doing that stuff. If we, if everybody runs out of work, then we'll do some strategic planning to get together. But I think those three to five things, the reason that you come up with three to five is because find, that finds focus. And really, I think good strategic planning doesn't tell you more things you should do, 
I think often tells you less things that you should do. Like let's focus on these areas. A lot of the things that happen inside businesses, and a lot of times we'll see this with clients that we work with, is they're working on extra stuff. And it's just because I'm working really hard and I'm gonna do everything I can to make the business successful. But really that's not the right answer. We should be doing the things that are really focused the business to help it to be successful. What are the key drivers to really make sure that the business is, su is successful? And that's what strategic planning is supposed to reveal. All right, so let's walk through this, okay? We're gonna use a real life people-centric example. October the 11th through the 13th, we are gonna be in the great state of Texas working with a cool hospital um, that, that uh, we get the opportunity to work with on a regular basis. And we're gonna do some strategic planning. And Don, I wanna start with you because one of the first questions that I wanna ask is who needs to be involved in this? Because I think for a lot, of, a lot of companies that we work with, it's like, well, let's see, just the very top tier need to be involved. And they might be surprised uh, maybe of the guest list that we have asked to be a part of the strategic planning for that hospital in Texas. So can you maybe talk to, you know, the, the types of people that we want to be involved with the strategic planning and why? Yeah. So, I mean, here's the, here's the deal is people own what they help to create. Yeah. So if we can get ownership from people by getting them involved in the process, then we want to do that at the same time is let's say, I mean, this hospital that we're working with has about hundred employees plus board members, plus the community, you know, plus providers, plus medical staff. If we added all those people and put them all into a big room and said, what are the three to five things we should focus on? That would be too big of a meeting. So our approach is we think about who's going to represent who. So who are the key stakeholders involved throughout the organization? And how do we create representatives to represent those, or that, those people? So, so for example, in our hospital example there, we're going to have some people from the administration team who represent the staff. We're going to have some people from the medical staff who are going to represent the entire medical staff. And we're going to have people from the board to represent the board and the community. By doing that, uh, then people are going to feel like they had, at least if they weren't in the room for the creation of the plan, that they had somebody representing them in the room. Another way that you can expand the involvement to more people is to collect some information up front. So a lot of times before strategic planning even starts, we'll do some surveys, you can do some focus groups, you can do some customer intelligence. There might be some information before you even start to feed the strategic plan so that the people who are going to be putting the plan together have some information ahead of time. By doing that, if you listen to your employees, if you listen to your customers, then you can tell your employees and your customers and say, hey, you had a role in helping us to create the strategic plan because we did this based on your feedback. So that's, that's one way you can get a lot of feedback without having to force everyone in the room and shutting down everything all at the same time. So I think that, I think that blows people's minds just a little bit also, right? So not only are we expanding this, in that case, it's a, in that case, it's a, a hospital uh, there, but your organization might have a board as well. And a lot of times the board members, you, you might not have 100% of the board members that are eager to participate, but you will have a handful of them. There will be two or three that are like, yeah, I would love to have more of an intimate you know, vision into where it is that we're going. Like the things that you're asking me to decide on, man, I'd love to be a part of those conversations that help you determine the best path forward. I want to support you in that. And when you're talking about you know, being able to solicit feedback from the employees, Again, not everybody gets a seat at the table, but while we're coming up with some of those objectives, I used this as, as an example with that group in Denver last week saying, okay, so if we're trying to list out the things that we do well and identify the strengths, the executive team might have a different perspective of, of those strengths than the board. And, you know, in addition to that, they might have a list of strengths Then we can, we can then compare that to the feedback that we receive from your employees saying, you said these two things were strengths here, but your employees beg to differ. Yeah. And, and that got, can be a part of the conversation too, right? Yeah. And I got drawn, sorry to interrupt you, man. I got drawn into that uh, discussion about that one time for hospitals that we were working with. And this is true for any organization really, is they said, you know, we really think that one, one person was saying, I really think the board should lead our strategic plan. 
They're the overall governing body of our organization and they should lead the strategic plan. And somebody else was arguing said, well, I think administration should lead the strategic plan because they're the ones that have the, their eye on the day-to-day, -day. they're working with the staff, they see what's going on. And then somebody else said, well, I think the medical providers, the medical staff should lead the strategic plan because they're the ones ultimately providing the service. And they asked me, you know, which one do you think? And I said, yes, all three of those need to be leading the strategic plan. We need to be working together towards that. So whatever type of company that you have, you have different segments of that company. If you execute or try to create a strategic plan that doesn't involve one of those segments, ultimately that doesn't roll up into it, then you're getting a limited strategic plan because you're missing the perspectives of all the different stakeholders. Yeah. All right. So we talked about maybe the people who are invited to the strategic plan party. We're going to jazz it up like that. This is a party around strategic planning. Uh, and we know the guest list there. We know the people that are going to be there. But but let's talk about the way this actually works, like the agenda of what this of what this uh, day might look like. So, you know, the conversation that really what really drove this topic last uh, for us today was a conversation that I had last week. Typically, people are familiar with the SWAT, right? The strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. Uh, that is a familiar model for people when they're going through strategic planning. One of the things that we do, though, we pivoted on this a few years ago, and we went from SWAT to SOAR. And what we wanted to do was to be able to walk through maybe the steps of this SOAR method and maybe talk about why we do that, uh, in addition to some of the other things that are a part of the strategic planning day. So. Who wants to walk us through maybe the first one, the S? What does that stand for? So the S stands for strengths. And Thank it's just you, like, no problem. Just like in SWAT, you know, SWAT is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And SOAR, we're going to start with strengths, the same thing. Now, why do we start with strengths? Is because the type of strategic planning that we condone is called, it's called values-based strategic planning. It's identity-based strategic planning. It's based on who you are. It's not, it, you can take a step back and we keep using hospitals as an example, but this is true for anybody. You could take a step back for hospital and say, we're going to create a generic strategic plan that would work for any regional hospital. The problem is, is that doesn't apply to your specific case. Every strategic, every hospital is different. They have different strengths. They have different situations that they're in. So let's start by acknowledging what is your organization really good at doing? What are some of the strengths? What makes you really good? Because we're going to cheat. We're going to cheat. I like to use this example because I'm the older sibling. You know, if you've got, for anybody who's listening, if you are the oldest sibling, you know that this is, this happens. For those of your younger siblings, you're about to learn something. When you play games with your younger siblings, and as your younger siblings get older, the older sibling often continuously changes the rules to make sure they can still win. So that that happens. I see Diana going like, I did not know that they were doing that. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's a thing. But that you kind of do the same thing in strategic planning you're going to want to select a strategy that you think you can win based on the strengths of your organization. So you'll start to list things out. Like you'll start to talk about, well, we're really good at this. We're really good at this. We have this in place. This is a great, this is what's strong. What, what are the, all the things that you're really good at doing? And that's what the strengths are. I think, I think too, Don, I know it's called strengths there, but we encourage healthy conflict even during that section. Right. So if, if, uh, if somebody from the executive team is going, yep, this is something that I feel like we do well. And the board member in the room is like, you know what, this is the number one thing that I hear from people in the community that they complain about. I think that is a huge, valuable part of the psychological safety, first of all, but that's a big, valuable part of the conversation that we're trying to have that we're, we, ha we have to take a good look in the mirror. Right. And then have a, and have a good foundation of where, where are we really versus before we can really start about uh, talking about where, where do we want to go and what's yeah. important. Almost every session we have, when you start with strengths, we say like, okay, what's your first strength? And almost everybody says the first thing, our people are great. Yeah. Our people are amazing. And so we'll write it down. 
you know, because we never heard anybody say like, well, our people are the ter- are terrible or people are the worst. Like, like I'm not going to put that up there. Most people put people as that. But then we have to ask the question and say like, what, do, what about the people? What about the people? Are they particularly knowledgeable? They're particularly passionate about what they do. Do we just feel like we have the right leadership team? Like get more into that. So you really understand the nuance of that strength, because that's going to help you to dictate what areas should we focus on moving forward? Diana, what were you going to add? I was going to say that one my favorite sessions are when during the strengths, people really dig in and push back and question some of that. Cause I think it helps them build that really strong identity because Words have different meanings to everybody, right? People mean something to me different than it does to Matt. Like if I said, we have great people, I probably mean something different than what Matt means. And so I love it that we unpack those words and unpack kind of what the meanings behind those words are for us. And those are some of my favorite sessions because I really like the starting with a strong identity. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, so we start with the strengths. We start talking about what those strengths and and maybe try to get a unified approach. And it's not uncommon for us as we're doing this, we're capturing these on flip charts, right? And we're we're, we're wanting to put these around the room so they're visible. That's something that they can kind of stew on and continue to think about through the course of the conversation. But we go from the strengths to the opportunities where on the SWAT, the, the second position there is a weakness. The SOAR changes that weakness into an opportunity, right? Talk about opportunities, Doug. So when I think of opportunities, if you've done a traditional SWAT, you tend to list like, here's the strengths and here's the weaknesses. We're good at this. We're not good at this. What's kind of neat about it is whenever you just list weaknesses, you don't twist it around and think about what if we address this weakness? We like to say that the difference between a problem and an opportunity is whether or not you're going to address it or not. A problem is an opportunity that you're just not going to do anything about. A problem becomes an opportunity when you address it. So the opportunity allows you to pivot and think a little bit more, not just that, hey, we're not good at that, but it kind of lays out also the next part of that. But what if we were, or what if we did something better with that? Uh, so it's a little bit more action oriented than just the weaknesses, which, which pivots you to, towards a better conversation. Right. So it's the, what are you going to do about it? You know, the, 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 the W for the weakness, like I said, was it, the weakness is going to stay a weakness until we change it into an opportunity. And I don't know why we're just writing weaknesses up on the board. The real conversation is the opportunity that can come from the weakness, or maybe there's, maybe there's not an opportunity there either. Like we want to focus on where we're going, right? Strategic planning is trying to drive the action forward. And so we want to focus on what are we driving towards instead of focusing on the things that we can't accomplish or the weaknesses maybe that are there too. Frankly, it just feels better too. Uh, we've done yep. those when we did SWATs. I remember there's times where you're writing down weaknesses and you're writing those down and you yep. see the tenor in the whole room just kind of going like, oh, we're just- Yeah, this one's bad. How many people think we suck at this one? Three, we four have- of us, right? Yeah, we're awful at this. We're awful. We are terrible. <laughs> Next talking point. <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes people don't want to open up. I mean, it depends on the, it's on the, the temperature of the people in the room really, but- I think sometimes people don't want to talk about the weaknesses, right? Because it feels, like you said, it feels really negative. So sometimes it's just, just by relabeling it opportunities, you can get people to open up and and talk about it more because it feels hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice team. So we go from the O to the A here. The A and SOAR is for the aspirations. This is like the vision part. Where do we want to go? Where do we see us going? Uh, What are the things that we think we want to do? And we'll talk about that. I think, you know, something that I just said kind of reminded me, maybe maybe this is a good talking point too. 
where are the things that we want to go? Uh, where are the things that we want to be? There's no wrong answer for that. Like this is all part of the conversation. Strategic planning is gonna take us a few hours to kind of walk through. And so it's good to have the conversation from both sides of the table there. So the aspirations, the vision piece, and I don't know if this is a good sidebar to maybe throw in here before Donna have you talk about aspiration just a little bit, but this is also where we will pulse check the mission, vision, values of the company as well. Most of the organizations that we work with, uh, they don't they don't want to put it on the table to, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on mission. We're not going to change the mission statement. We feel like it's pretty good. Or the vision statement or the core values. Some organizations don't have those. Uh, and if they don't and they want to craft those, then we want to carve out a little more time for that conversation. But most of the time they're there. They're content with them. Although, Donald, you know, maybe we could just touch on this, we were with another hospital in the state of Illinois and we threw the mission and vision out there to everybody. And we thought we were just gonna kind of gloss over those and it opened it up into a bigger conversation with the board going, I think we need to wordsmith that because I don't know if that's 100% true. And yeah. you know, when you start talking about that mission and vision and why it's important to make sure that we're on the same page with that because that should drive not only our conversation but that should drive these objectives too, uh, you know, for what it is that we're trying to come up, up with. Yeah, I always like to think of your values and your mission and your vision as being foundational. But whenever you do your strategic planning process and you're thinking about adding on top of that foundation, it's always a good idea to check the foundation. A lot of people get hung up on the statements themselves, by the way, and they spend a lot of time in strategic planning, wordsmithing, a perfect mission statement, vision statement, values. I would take those outside the strategic planning process. You might That might be a good action item from the strategic planning process of saying, we need to update our mission statement and here's why or we need to update our vision statement. I also think it's important to distinguish between those things. And because if you, you could read a thousand books on strategic planning and they will mix these, all these terms that we're talking about, they'll mix them all up. You know, some people talk about goals some people talk about objectives. Some people talk about rocks. They're just all different terms that all kind of apply to the same thing. But when we think about values, mission, and vision, which is the foundation you should have, I think of it like, let's say your business is playing a game. Let's say you're playing a game as a business. Your values are the rules of the game. It's the things that you will not, not change. You have to play within the rules of the game. It's those values, the things that you care most about. Your mission is the definition of the game itself. And it's usually a statement. It's saying, this is what we do. This is what we do, who we are. And then the vision is what winning the game looks like. So it's a long-term state. So then we talked about aspirations inside of that soar is if you have a really clear mission and a really clear vision, then you can take a step back and you can say, so what are we aspiring towards in terms of that vision? Like that vision gives us a long-term compass, but what would we like to achieve here in the next you know, year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? You can kind of mix that up. There's nothing magical too, I'd say about what that time frame is in terms of how long you aspire I would say for companies that do strategic planning regularly, I think you should mix it up every year on how you do it a little bit. Change direction. Don't always follow the same process so that you always can have a fresh conversation about it. But it's just what does the group aspire towards? And that could be specific objectives that you want to accomplish, or it could be things that you just feel like we want to feel less busy or we want to feel like we, we, we dominate the market more. Whatever those are, those are aspirations. Right. Ultimately, those objectives that we are going to land on are going to lead them, lead us towards those aspirations. So again, you know, we do this for lots of different types of companies, but I know I keep going back to the hospitals or healthcare. And you know, for a hospital, it might be we don't want to be the best, you know, version of the hospital that we could be. We want to be a regional presence within healthcare. Like that's where we want to aspire to. So at the end of the day, when we come up with three to five objectives that we are trying to walk away with, if we hit those objectives 
Does that put us on the path towards reaching the aspirations that we have as an organization? I think that's the pulse check that you have there with, with that. So from the S to the O to the A to the R results here, right, for the SOAR. So at the end of the day, this is really what one of those takeaways from executive teams is always like, how do we know if we, if we have succeeded? Or was it a cool half day, cool conversation? But how do we know that any of this meant anything? And this is the results part of the program, right? Don, talk about results. So I think about results is now we've talked about what we're aspiring towards, but so how will we know when we've gotten there? Another way to ask that question is let's say it's a year from now and let's say we're doing strategic planning for the next year, which I advocate for. I always think you do a strategic plan for a year. I know there's a lot that say, well, let's do a three-year plan. Let's do a five-year plan. Here's the problem with that is your plan is going to be obsolete the second you create it. So checking in every year, that doesn't mean you can't aspire. And what are you aspiring towards five years from now? Just update the plan every year and keep updating that that aspiration piece. But the results are going to be, how do we know that we got there? So if it's, so I like to ask this question. A year from now, we're getting together and we're looking back at the strategic planning session. And we're going, wow, that really started something really, really spectacular for us as an organization. What happened? What happened that's making us feel that way? Are we seeing a certain revenue that we didn't achieve before? Are we seeing a new type of client come in? Are we reaching a new market? Is there a new type of person in our organization? Is just the chaos, you know, been eliminated or reduced? What are the results that we're going for? Also, I would say sometimes there's the idea, there's the school that says, well, all of those should be measurable. I like to think of it, I'm going to dial it back one notch from measurable and just say, we just have to know whether we've achieved it or not. There's a little bit of a difference there. Sometimes we overkill the measurable part. I, I like measurable. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like to have a number that you could try to achieve or trying to get to this dollar amount or this, this metric, whatever that is. But if you can't hit a metric, the question is going to be, as we as a group, how would we know that we achieved it? And if you can know that, then it's probably a pretty good result. Yeah, which kind of leads me to the, you know, as we come away with these three different objectives there, you know, like you said, as a group, how will we know we've achieved it? Because this is maybe one of the great follies of strategic planning for a lot of organizations too. They walk away, they had a good day, they have the three to five, they might even have some check marks on results, but then really it's, it's you know, and Don, we, we've talked about this a lot. It's the, oh crap moment at the end when it's all done saying, wow, that was a great conversation. Now I have to actually execute this. Which is, which is the hard part, maybe the hardest part of strategic plan. It isn't the conversation that we got to have, it's the execution of that plan. You know, so you have the results, but then how do we execute that? So you said, as a, we as a group, how will we know? You know, and anybody, I'll throw this to anybody, but once we are through with those three to five objectives, then we kind of look at the room. And now what we, what we want to do is assign some sort of ownership or accountability for some of these objectives. And so maybe talk about why that's important for somebody to own some of those objectives and not always the CEO of the company or not always that CFO or, you know, whatever that looks like, not always that person, but, but uh, why is it important to create that ownership and accountability with those objectives once we leave that room? Anyone? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really important to plan how you're going to execute. Like, like it's really easy. And I've seen a lot of strategic planning sessions where you spend some time on the SOAR, you know, and you, you, you kind of touched it. There's a little bit of a magic trick and you kind of alluded to it, Matt. It's, it's going from the SOAR to an objective. Like, like you finish the SOAR, you've got strengths, opportunities, aspirations, and results. How do you get from that to three to five key objectives? There's a little bit of a magic trick in there. And usually there's three to five topics that came up over and over again, like themes that kind of drip from that SOAR conversation. And so we like to capture those themes as we go. And that usually gives you a clue to what those objectives are. 
So it's like, okay, the best opportunities, and we kept coming back and talking about this opportunity and this result. If we did this, we can reserve, we can create this result that leads to a key objective. That conversation feels amazing to a lot of people and they get energized by it. And then it's, it's really tempting in that moment to say, okay, well, we, it took us all day to get to that. And so now we're everybody break, let's move on. And then the next day you go back to work and you're back to just the noise of the work. You've got a thousand emails in your inbox because you took a whole day your whole team's been working together. All everybody who's not been in the strategic planning session is just waiting to talk to you because they were in, they they didn't have access to you while you were in the session, and now you're going to get stuck in the noise of the business. And that's where these strategic plans end up on the shelf, and then only to be cracked open like brand new textbooks that have never been used, you know, a year later. So I think you have to plan to plan. Like, how are we going to execute this plan? How often are we going to meet to continue this plan? And then Matt, you mentioned like, what steps are we going to create to take, to take to be able to execute this plan? So we like to create a cadence for everybody that does strategic planning. Who is going to own this plan and how often are you going to talk about it? So like in a hospital, for example, it could be at board meetings. At every board meeting now, we're gonna go back over those objectives. We're gonna talk about what are we doing to make progress towards those objectives? What steps have we launched to take ourselves, to, to move ourselves forward? Or it could be in every admin meeting, or it could be both. How are we going to make sure that we're launching to the executing what we said we were going to execute and execute it one step at a time. And when we talk about a step, we literally mean something that's just a small step. How do we advance? A step is not, we're going to improve communication across the whole organization. A step is a small incremental change. We're going to add this new role. We're going to launch this new marketing effort. We're going to launch this new product, whatever it is. Those are steps. Yeah. You have to plan to execute, otherwise you won't execute. Thanks, Don. Diana, what were you going to add? Yeah, so I'm going to back up a little bit on what Don said. And I think that, Matt, you alluded to it in the beginning when you were like, yeah, Diana once said, we, what does we mean? And I think when we do strategic planning, we often say things like, we have this goal. And then it's like, okay, great. Well, who's working on that? And generally, it's like one or two people who just take it and run with it. And I... I raised my hand one time and I was like, hey guys, we usually means Diana and Diana doesn't have any more time for that. So I think it's really good when you assign it to somebody. And then I like to break it down a little bit further because those goals and objectives are so big. And for people like me who need little, littler chunks to go execute, I think it's a good idea to start with a few small things in each bucket of those objectives. So like this huge objective, say like, these are the three things we're gonna start with really quickly and start on doing. And then we're gonna assign those teeny tiny things to a few people and check back on those. So I like to kind of break it down into smaller chunks so that it's more manageable and you are actually moving something forward and don't get stuck in the like, this is so big and I don't even know where to begin. You can instantly say, this is where you begin. And what's cool about that is this is the, you know, where, where we get to kind of filter this to the employees too, that we're also hoping to help us achieve these things. You know, members of management or members of the board or the executive team aren't always the ones who have to champion those little, those little uh, steps that help us achieve those objectives. Maybe it's a frontline employee that is right in the middle of that process or that thing or that department that one of the major overarching objectives is circled around. But maybe there's a step in there that one of your, you know, the engaged employees can take the lead on managing just kind of a little team that helps accomplish that step, which leads you to, to accomplishing that objective. Remember, if I'm an engaged employee, I'm a smart problem solver that's looking for other, other opportunities to also learn more and develop. 
what an awesome way to be able to, to create, you know, that engaged employees, you know, almost a pathway of success for them to, to open their eyes to a different, maybe line of business or a different process within the company. You know, I, I think succession planning is also a ripple effect of being able to do that too. So, you know, creating that support system of employees to help you achieve the things that you find are important. That, your strategic plan can be a mechanism for engaging employees too. So it's not just going out and finding the engaged employees and getting them worked up. It's also going to your disengaged employees who oftentimes are disengaged because they don't see a bigger picture. You show up to work every single day. And, you know, we keep using hospitals as an example. And, and healthcare is a real, is, is an area where this happens really easily. You're a nurse and you show up on the floor and you're working with patients all day long. And then the next day, there's a new batch of patients. And the next day, there's a new batch of patients. The next day, there's a new batch of patients. It's hard to tell if you're winning or not on a, on a very basic scale. Your strategic plan can help you to show your team, hey, this is where we are. This is where we're going. And this is how we're going to track progress along the way. And if you use it, if you use it well and you communicate it out to everyone and then say, how can you get involved? and give people opportunities to get involved with it, then you can turn some disengaged employees into engaged employees because you yeah. can help them to figure out how they can engage in their success. I love it. Bethany. I think that makes me think about, I think, so when we do our Pathfinder process and we are doing these inter the interviews portion of it um, and we're interviewing employees, I think a lot of times when we get to that, those questions about, we start asking about strategy and we start asking about the vision and goals and different things like that. I think there's a lot of times that employees don't even realize that they are desiring that strategy piece, that they're desiring, you know, an understanding of their mission, vision, and values and goals and all of that until you start to ask those questions and you dig into it a little bit. And so I think, you know, as an employee, you might be sitting and thinking initially as we started this podcast, like, we, this doesn't apply to me or I don't really understand you know, I'm probably not going to listen to this one, but I think that when you really start to dig into, you know, what people desire and what employees want as an owner or a manager, you might be really surprised to know that your people just, they do want vision, they do want direction. And so helping to get them involved and see the bigger picture is really valuable um, to Don's point with their, for their engagement. So yeah, there, there's few better ways to energize your staff than to make sure they understand why they're doing what they're doing. When they, when they understand why they're doing what they're doing, it's really powerful. We had an opportunity, we worked with a company and we were actually went out to visit them and we actually visited one of their customers unknowingly. And they were, the customer was talking about this company, the supplier that we we're going to be working with. And they shared how much, how key it was their relationship with, with our client. And we brought that back to the company we were working with and share with them and said, your client was talking about your customers talking about how important you are to them. We were sharing that with their frontline employees and you could just see the energy level just shoot up just like, oh, okay, that's great. Like, we don't know. We make our stuff, we ship it out and we don't hear from them very often. So closing that loop is, is really, really, really important. It energizes people and strategic planning when it's done really well, it tells the story of the company. It tells you where you're at. It tells you who you are and where you're going and, and how you're going to be successful. And then also it tells you how you can, how people can get involved with that. You know, and it also creates this idea of alignment, which we talk about quite a bit too. Now we're all kind of 
you know, we're rowing in the same direction because everybody's aware of the objectives, everybody's aware of the direction, this is where we're going. So that alignment piece is critical too. Let's talk about briefly just some of the best practices maybe we've seen as we're helping other uh, companies support with strategic planning. Some of the things that I wrote down, you can feel free to add it or uh, disagree or agree, but uh, some of the things that I wrote down, regular cadence best practice uh, is a best practice, regular cadence once a month, Don, I know you just talked about that, but it was one of the best practices I wanted to reiterate. Once a month, so we don't lose sight on it, let's at least make it a topic of conversation. It doesn't need to be a three hour thing again, where we're going through strategic planning, but just getting an update on the different people that are championing those steps, that are running those different steps, where are we at, what obstacles are you facing? Are we still on track? I think that's an important conversation. Maybe uh, for the strategic plan in itself, get away from the office. Set a, set a separate location away from work because it's really easy to get caught back into work. You know, even if it's a even if it's at a hotel locally or another business or a restaurant that might have a separate uh, room there where you can kind of get away away from the office, away from the hustle and muscle just a little bit. And then you know, this I just said restaurants, so maybe this is why I thought about that. But snacks. It's good to have some snacks, good to have some drinks and light, light drink, uh, well, uh, water, uh, juice, coffee, those, those kind of drinks. Uh, during, during, uh, during the strategic planning process, I think that also helps our brains stay awake. And the last one that I thought of too is, and it's not, maybe it is a shameless plug, I don't know, but a third party facilitator, whether it's us or somebody else, a third party facilitator, it's really hard to facilitate it and be in the conversation at the same time. So if you are somebody who's the CEO, you're the boss or the manager, and you've always let it, you get caught leaving it and not actually being able to participate. And so having that third party facilitator, that outside person, Don, I, I'm so glad you went there because when you were talking about the objectives just kind of boil to the top, they, they you know, they, they just kind of rise to the top through the conversation. And sometimes if I'm knee deep in facilitating it, it's hard to be able to see those as a manager also of the group, right? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm worried about the next question instead of being in the conversation where you probably should be. So yeah. those party facilitators are critical too. I think about there's just about every facilitation we do, we ask a, what, what we sometimes call the dumb question that seems like it's really obvious that no one's asked, you know, oh, well, what, how does the community feel about our hospital as one, as an example? like, well, we think we kind of know because we live here, but we've never really measured that before. That seems like that's critical. Maybe that's something we should figure out. And maybe we, when we could take that information and run with that. So I mean, there, there's sometimes those dumb questions. We believe so much in that outside facilitator. That is kind of a shameless plug a little bit. I mean, it is strategic right. planning season. We can help you with that. that it's definitely something that we, we do really, really well. But we believe in that so much that we do strategic planning. We have often brought in an outside facilitator. We don't always do it but we have often brought in an outside facilitator to help us so that we can participate in it too. As the owner of the company, if you're the executive of your company and you're sitting there thinking, well, I can lead the strategic planning process, it's difficult to lead a process and participate in it at the same time. Yeah, it, it, It's hard to do that. So it, by bringing in an outside facilitator, you can participate in the process rather than just lead it. All right, well, let's go around the table here once more. And you can give a best practice if you'd like to piggyback on that recent conversation, or you can maybe just say your best takeaway here for strategic planning like we do. So who'd like to start their number one takeaway here for strategic planning? Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about strategic planning is one, the stop doing stuff. Like I love that facilitators will be able to look at it and sometimes say, hey, you guys seem to be spending a lot of energy on this and you don't need to be. So stop doing that. 
So I think that's really powerful. It's not just the, what are we going to do? It's what are we going to stop doing? And so I want to give people the freedom to say, it's okay to not do that anymore and to cut some things. And then additionally, I want to say, if you are an employee and you're listening to this and you know, your company has a strategic plan, but you don't know what it is. I want you to go ask. Because I want you to know what the objectives are and I want you to know where you fit into those objectives and how you can help your company get there. And I think that's one of the biggest opportunities that a lot of companies have in strategic planning. It's including those employees and saying like, this is where you fit and this is how we hope you help us get there. And then the employee is saying like, yeah, of course I want to help you get there. How do I do that? So those are my, my two favorite things about strategic planning. Awesome. Thank you, Diana. Bethany? Yeah, I really like that too. Let's see. There's lots of things we could talk about, but I think that with the opportunities section, I know that we don't want to focus on, we don't always want to focus on the negatives, but I think in some ways embrace that because I think we it's really important for us to think about those opportunities and where, where we are weak, even though, because they don't have to be a weakness, they can be a strength if we focus on them and we direct our attention to them and we find ways to um, make them better. And so, yeah, so I would say, don't be afraid to shy away from, from just being honest about where you are as, a, as an organization and what you aren't good at and, and being able to open up that conversation because I think that's really hard to do, to, to be the one to say, hey, we're really bad at this. And I think we need to talk about it and I think we need to find ways to get better at it. Awesome. Thanks, Bethany. Don? I'd say just have a little fun with the process too. I think it's an opportunity. I think it's an, I know it's an investment when you bring everybody together into a room, but make it fun too. Have it, have it at a fun location if you can. Mix in some games or whatever fits your culture or makes your, give yourself some time just to be a team and relax. You know, have, have decent food at the, at the event. By the way, pro tip, healthy snacks. I've seen them. I've seen groups. We, we did one with a group that they brought in all these candy bars and you, there is such a thing as a sugar crash. And we watched sugar the whole group crash. in the afternoon just die after eating all these Milky Way bars and stuff. Um, I think uh, I think good food, if not for you, but for your third party facilitator. We appreciate that. You also. can you can bring candy and stuff. We bring whatever you want for the third party <laughs> facilitator. We encourage chocolate fountains. I think it's in our writer. Uh, <laughs> right. They're, they're, they're great. You know, whatever we can, you know, liquid cheese is always good. You know, anything like that. It's not liquid cheese. Yeah. And then, and then drinks at the end of the day. But I mean, I think just have fun <laughs> with the process, enjoy, embrace it. Cause while not everybody, and I mean, this is kind of a side point too, not everybody's going to be super excited about strategic planning. There's people who, and it's not a, it's not how engaged people are. There's just a certain natural set of strengths that some people have where they like to think strategically and big picture. And there's other people who are like, once you guys are done with this process, just tell me what you need me to do. And so having, adding the fun part into that helps to engage everybody along in that process uh, a little bit more so that it's not just the strategic thinkers that are having fun with the process, but everybody is involved. Awesome. Thank you, Don. I would say consider your guest list of who we are inviting to be a part of this strategic planning. I would consider the, the voices that you want around the table, the different perspectives that you want in the room. Uh, maybe this is a far cry from what you normally do. Maybe you have it down to where it's just the, you know, the three people on the admin team and we get together, we knock out some objectives. I would, I would encourage you to broaden your horizons and maybe bring some up-and-comer employees, some key employees. Uh, maybe two that have been there for a while and they've been loyal to the company and maybe they have good, good thoughts. Also consider like the, you know, we had talked about as, as well, the employee feedback. 
try to gather some of that feedback so their their voice can be a presence in the room during the conversation too. So anyway, we, we hit you with a lot of information, but I think tis the season for strategic planning right now. So, and I, you know, we don't normally say stuff like this, but if you, if you heard this, if you liked this, if you wanted some support or some help and to talk further, maybe about your, about your strategic planning process, or if we could help accomplish that for you and with you, then we'd love to talk to you about that as well. So Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation about strategic planning. If you have other topics that you'd like for us to discuss, we'd love to hear those too. So have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.